Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In June 1922, exactly a century ago, Scott Fitzgerald was plotting a novel that would become The Great Gatsby, often considered the greatest American novel, but I have my doubts. To set the scene, let's put on our Tolstoyan goggles and look at what historical events were happening before 1922. Well, the Spanish flu pandemic that started in a wet market in 2019, oops, I meant in 1918 and ended in 1920, killed nearly 50 million people. Life was no smooth sailing before the pandemic either. World War I that started in 1914 in Bosnia and ended in 1918 also took an estimated 40 million lives. And to make things even worse for the American people, the US government prohibited alcohol in 1920, a ban that lasted until 1933. Now you couldn't even drown your sorrows, unless you knew the right person to get your supplies of underground whiskey. In Russia, those who can't afford alcohol sniff petrol. Not sure if petrol was even a thing back then. Now with all these terrible events, millions of deaths and no alcohol, what do you do? Well, Mr. Fitzgerald sat down to write a novel, a pessimistic one. With so many deaths and no alcohol, all you think is to enjoy life, live fast and die young. That's the fate of the protagonist of this novel. But wait a second, what should I call this novel? Jay Gatsby meets Daisy. It's clever, Jay is a bird and Daisy is a flower. Nah, Jay is a tiny bird. Let's make it great. Yes, the great Gatsby. It was a stroke of genius. Now if you google for a great American novel, The Great Gatsby comes first because it has the word great in it. Who knew that 100 years later people would use a thing called the internet to google for the great American novel and this little plucky jaybird would pop up on top. So today I'll bring you The Great Gatsby. I'll summarize its plot and discuss some of its major themes and tell you about a little French novel that gave Fitzgerald a helping hand in writing it. And finally try to answer why it's called the greatest American novel. But first, who was F. Scott Fitzgerald? F. Scott Fitzgerald was born in 1896 into a middle-class family but later due to his father's job loss experienced poverty. Being a Catholic, he felt an outsider in his university days, which is depicted in Gatsby being an outsider. While a young man, he fell in love with a girl from a wealthy family, who looked down on him, which was another inspiration for Gatsby's character, who was motivated to make money to impress his love. When rejected, he joined the army. Tolstoy said it, disillusioned men go to war in search of a purpose in life. As luck would have it, he never left the US to fight in Europe. In 1919, he left the army and headed to New York to make money in an advertising agency. For some reason, I always associated Madman's Don Draper with Jay Gatsby. But despite having a common mysterious past and war experiences, they are quite different. One being very practical, the other quite old school romantic. But Fitzgerald hated his New York job. He was also rejected by girls, so he felt despair. 
Great artists and writers often hit rock bottom so they can bring a pail of water in the shape of a novel or an art. So he sat down and wrote novels. His debut novel, This Side of Paradise, was published in 1920, which propelled him to America Got Talent kind of fame. With fame came money and women. A week after he published his debut novel, he got married to Zelda, and they became a celebrity couple in America. In 1922, when his wife was giving birth to a baby, he published his second novel, The Beautiful and the Damned. Two years later, he moved to Europe. That was a trend back then. If you wanted to be a serious writer or artist, you moved to Europe. Paris was the artsy corner of the universe. His wife Zelda fell in love with another man. Oops. When you're on holiday, you feel free. Well, at least he can use this experience in a novel. In 1925, he published The Great Gatsby, in which the character of Daisy is a little like Zelda. Both love money, shiny things, and extravagant lifestyle. Remember, he was one of the most famous writers of his age, but the novel failed to live up to that expectations. His relationship went from bad to worse. Zelda went insane, which became the theme of his final completed novel, Tender is the Night. Published in 1934, it's about a psychiatrist whose own wife has mental illness. By then, his own alcoholism had become out of control. He died in 1940, aged 44. Summary The novel begins thus. In my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice that I have been turning over in my mind over ever since. Whenever you feel like criticizing anyone, he told me, just remember that all the people in the world haven't had the advantages that you have had. The narrator Nick Carraway, a young man in New York who happens to live next door to this party animal named Jay Gatsby who has loud music, raucous open door parties, but he himself is an enigmatic man. This is the 1920s, the height of the Jazz Age, which came after years of World War I and then the Spanish flu, a Covid-like pandemic. Now people understand that life is short, so you might as well enjoy it while it lasts. New Yorkers work like crazy and then party like crazy, as if there's no tomorrow. But who is this old sport Mr. Gatsby? He's rich for sure. How did he get his money? Nobody knows. But forget about his wealth, it is his heart that matters more here. His heart is with Daisy Buchanan, who happens to be a relative of our narrator Nick. But what's more, she's married to a college football star, Tom Buchanan, who happens to be a millionaire too. Tom is not only a physically imposing man, he has some imposing and somewhat unsavory ideas about race too. So if you are Gatsby, how do you dislodge Daisy from a successful and established man? I should point out that although Daisy is a beautiful and delicate as flower, she's not a pushover. She has a strong personality and loves shiny things. She wants what she wants and most importantly, she knows what she wants. So how does Jay Gatsby attract Daisy? His tactic is very Jay Barrett-like. He throws lavish parties in his house to attract Daisy like a peacock's tail. Also quite conveniently, he lives not too far from Daisy and her wealthy husband. To steal a rich man's wife, you have to buy the house next door, or close enough. As luck would have it, Daisy's husband Tom is unfaithful to her as he has a mistress somewhere in New York. So it should be easy to get her, right? Well, cheating is one thing, but relationships are far more complicated than that. This is in the 1920s, so women are not fully independent of men, so future security plays a major role in their decision. So we have a mysterious rich man called the Great Gatsby who invites the whole of New York to his parties in order to get one woman, Daisy, who is married to an unfaithful Tom. 
Nick, our young narrator, is often a go-between all the parties. But most crucially, he's present to witness things so he can report it to us, the reader. First, he witnesses Tom and his mistress, Myrtle, also a married woman having an affair. Later on, Nick is invited to Jay Gatsby's party to meet the man himself, who seems eager to be friends with Nick as he tries to impress the young man with his heroism in the First World War and his impressive education at the prestigious University of Oxford. Gatsby's friendship with Nick is a calculated plan. New York is a planned city with its streets numbered and everyone who lives there has a plan. Gatsby wants Nick to convey his message to Daisy. So he's a messenger. Nick is curious, why Daisy? There are millions of other girls in New York and Gatsby is a rich man so he has plenty of choice so to speak. The answer is old romance. We learn that Gatsby and Daisy go back a long time. They were once in love, real love, but Gatsby had to go to war. Daisy waited a bit and then she wasn't sure if he would ever return. So she took the chance and married the wealthy Tom, who was also an athlete. It's always risky waiting for a soldier. But Gatsby did return and he still loves Daisy. And what's more, he has money now. Plenty of it. He could compete with Tom's money. He even graduated from Oxford University, so he has status too. Daisy loves money, shiny objects, lavish lifestyle, and is generally a shallow person. But who cares when two silverback gorillas are trying to get you, so you're entitled to swim in the shallow waters. When everyone throws themselves at you, the world is your oyster, as the saying goes. Now, Nick knows it all. He knows the backstory. He knows about Tom's affair. He knows Gatsby's obsession with Daisy, now a married woman. Now we have drama in New York, we have a romantic tale. But despite all the complications, Nick still facilitates the two lovers' reunion, Gatsby and Daisy. They meet and they have sex. All those years of separation, all those miserable years, wars and then lockdown and then years of toiling to get rich. Quote, his heart beat faster and faster as Daisy's white face came up to his own. He knew that when he kissed this girl and forever wed his unutterable visions to her perishable breath, his mind would never romp again like the mind of God. So he waited, listening for a moment longer, to the tuning fork that had been struck upon a star. Then he kissed her, and his lips touched she blossomed like a flower and incarnation was complete. Daisy blossomed like flower? That's quite clever. Now he has his woman. But not quite. Tom discovers the affair. He confronts Gatsby at a hotel in downtown New York. They exchange a few words. They trash talk. She loves me. No, she loves me. As it happens, Daisy is right there. So to settle the matter, they turn to her. Who do you love? It's a really tough question. I love you both. That's not how you end a fight. But Tom has a secret weapon up his sleeves. He knows something about our mysterious romantic hero, Jay Gatsby. It's a shocking news, not only for Daisy, but also for us, the reader. Apparently, the old sport Mr. Gatsby is rich, not because he studied hard at Oxford University or worked hard. He swindled his money like the Wolf of New York. He's like Gogol's Chichikov, the Russian hero scamming his way to quick wealth. So old sport Mr. Gatsby is a con artist or something like that. He's not some romantic hero or a knight in shiny armor, but a swindler. Daisy is shocked. Now she has an easy choice to make. I love my husband, Tom. Maybe when she was a bit younger, she might have chosen the bad boy Gatsby, but now she's mature and decides to keep her marriage despite Tom's infidelity. Despite her heart still being with Gatsby, she's practical, so she listens to her head. Daisy is clever. Tom pumps his chest in front of Gatsby. He's won this round. 
to show how cocky and confident he is, Tom tells Gatsby, go on, drive her home. This is odd. Gatsby says, okay. Remember, they all live a little outside the city in the suburbs of New York. At least he can spend a few more minutes with the woman he loves. Or maybe, who knows, he might even convince her to leave Tom. Daisy gets into the car with Gatsby. They drive. Actually, she drives. There's a little wasteland between New York and the suburbs where the rich live. This wasteland is occupied by a mechanic and his wife, who also happens to be Tom's mistress, Myrtle Wilson. Perhaps she was waiting for Tom, so as soon as she sees the car, she runs right in front of it. The car hits Tom's mistress, and she becomes our first casualty of our New York tragedy. The wife kills the mistress. Or you could say Daisy, a white flower, kills Myrtle, another white flower. Fitzgerald names his ladies after flowers and his gentlemen after birds, like Jay, or flower seed like Caraway. Gatsby decides to take the blame for this. He's a romantic hero, and he wants to save Daisy. Our narrator is not just a storyteller, he also tells Gatsby to flee to Mexico. Well, not Mexico, but just run away. But Gatsby is a true romantic hero. He refused to run away. He doesn't give up in his pursuit of Daisy. There's no time to flee. He doesn't want to flee. His mission is to get Daisy and nothing else matters. Meanwhile, Tom arrives at the scene of the accident and tells Myrtle's husband, George, a poor old mechanic that the car that killed his wife belonged to this little man called Great Gatsby. Tom doesn't want to get his own hands dirty, so he uses this mechanic whose hands are always greasy to do the dirty work for him, i.e. get rid of his competition. Here's the tragedy. Tom had affairs with the mechanic's wife, yet he uses him to get rid of Gatsby, his own rival. When you're smart, you're smart. The husband thinks, oh, it is him who has having sex with my wife. In his rage, he grabs his gun and heads to Gatsby's mansion. It's easy to find because the man had parties in his house where everyone showed up. We have our second murder in the novel. The great romantic Gatsby is shot in the swimming pool. You can imagine the scene of water turning red. But the mechanic murderer is not done. He knows he would spend the rest of his life in prison, so he swiftly takes his own life, then and there. So we have three people dead, a poor husband and wife, and our hero Gatsby. The New York tragedy is over. The great Gatsby's funeral is a shadow of his parties, with very few people in attendance. New Yorkers are not interested in funerals. Everyone enjoyed Gatsby's lavish parties, but didn't even bother attending his funeral. Daisy and Tom Buchanan live happily ever after. The outsider Gatsby tried to dislodge Daisy, but failed. Jay was too small a bird to dislodge a flower from the claw of Tom Buchanan, or a cannon. Tom, the man of old money or the establishment, lost his mistress but reclaimed his wife. Now he has no rival. Nick, our narrator, is shell-shocked by the jungle that New York is for him. He thinks the city leads people into madness, especially those coming from outside the city. He returns to his old cozy Midwest to try to forget the nightmare of New York. Analysis the novel has been analyzed to death. People talk about all kinds of things including racism, slavery, feminism and many more isms. But I will only discuss what I think the novel is really about. It's about a man's obsession that moves a mountain but also destroys him. Or you can call it the American dream. And I'll also try to piece together reasonable answers to why the novel is considered great. American dream. The American dream happens on two opposite sides of the United States. If you want money, go to New York. For fame, however, go to the other side, to Los Angeles, the city of Hollywood Angels. We are on the financial side of American Dream. 
The hedonistic philosophy of working hard and parting hard is at the heart of this novel. Once you have money, you want to mate. We are animals. Once your tummy is full, you think of sex. How do you attract a mate? Birds prepare a nest, lions battle each other, goats lock horns, men in New York throw parties to attract mates. Money glitters, so do champagne bottles. Loud music, jazz, money, business. In theory, anything is possible. Getting a woman to leave her millionaire husband is possible. But the reality is a little harsher, so the novel shows a pessimistic view of the American dream. Gatsby didn't get Daisy. In the process, he lost his own life. But the real losers are the couple who both ended up dead. The poor mechanic and his wife. The rich Tom who instigated Gatsby's murder came out unscathed. Daisy, who killed the woman, perhaps went to a few therapy sessions afterward and she was good as new. The New York of 1920s like a giant spider web. It only catches small flies, but powerful spiders can tear through. I think the main theme is probably the relationship between money and happiness. Daisy is criticized for being shallow for marrying up or liking money and shiny objects. We all like money, we're all a bunch of daisies turning our head towards the shiny sun every single day. We work 8 hours a day to have money. Of course there are exceptions who work because they get fulfillment from their work. The vast majority of the world works because we have to. The only people who say money doesn't buy you happiness are the people who have money or the people who can't be bothered to work. It's human nature. Once you conquer a summit, we look for something else. That's why the rich men look to the space or become a philanthropist to buy love or become politicians to get power. Okay, enough of my cynicism. People also criticize Daisy for marrying a rich man. When it comes to marriage, women generally marry up, so Daisy is not unique in that sense. If women married poor men, there would be no motivation for a lot of men to get rich, fame, power, and prestige. Back in my cave days, I used to fight wild beasts to impress my lady. Sexual selection is one of the biggest motivators for revolutionary and social change. Even female birds mate with male birds who have spent hours and days making a beautiful nest. It makes sense. You can't lay your egg on a bare rock. It will crack. I wonder if peacocks ever bother making a nest because their big tail is enough to get women. Anyway, the fact that women traditionally married up motivated a lot of men to work hard, get rich, do business or invent and discover things. Gatsby's main motivation was to get rich so he could get the woman he loved. But he took a shortcut. He swindled his way to quick wealth. Here's a fun fact. Jay birds are known to steal food from other birds. So Jay Gatsby's tactic runs in the family. Joking aside, getting rich is really really tough, so Gatsby earned it through deception. He succeeded in getting the money, but ultimately lost the game. Is that why he failed? I guess the novel says don't try at any cost. Understand when to quit your dream. If Gatsby was not so obsessive in his romantic pursuit, he could have had a decent life. But that obsession that makes you great also kills you. It's the same obsession that sends you to the moon, but also to the grave. That obsession that creates greatness also brings you downfall. Quote, Gatsby believed in the green light, the orgastic future that year by year recedes before us. It eluded us then, but that's no matter. Tomorrow we'll run faster, stretch out our arms farther. And one fine morning we'll beat on, beats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. So a man's obsession to have the woman of his dreams caused his own life. That's evolution. Male goats fight on the cliffs where a small nudge will send you to your death. New York is like the cliff where Jay Gatsby falls to his death. 
He had an obsession, but he lacked one important American quality, that was pragmatism. But then again, if he was a pragmatist, it would not have been a great story. Which brings me to the second question. The greatness of Gatsby. Now the question I posed at the beginning, why is The Great Gatsby considered the greatest American novel? The plot is pretty simple, the writing is decent, and the central plot is based on a French novel, La Grande Melneau, by Alan Fournier, published some 10 years before Fitzgerald started writing his. While in France, Fitzgerald must have read it. Both novels are narrated by a third person who acts as a go-between. Both novels are about love in three stages. First love, then separation, then reunion with tragic consequences. Both novels are about how your attachment to the past can come and ruin your future. Even the title Great references the French novel Grand. So what is the catch? Perhaps to appreciate the novel you have to be American to really feel the novel. In case you haven't noticed, I'm not American, so you could say I'm unable to appreciate it. But I think a lot of great literature is borderless and timeless. In a recent video, Better Than Food, Cliff Sargent was baffled too. So I don't think it's about being American to enjoy it. So it got me thinking. Let me try to give a few reasons why it's considered the greatest American novel. Well, first it's in the title. The Great Gatsby is a clever title. When you search a great American novel on Google, the, the soulless algorithm wizard looks at the word great and pops out this novel. In an internet age, if you want to write the greatest American novel, make that your title. Also important to know that Fitzgerald was a massive name in 1920s and 30s. So anything he wrote, people took it seriously. But the biggest luck of this novel had to be World War II, when the American soldiers were given free copies of The Great Gatsby. So they came home and spread the words. Soon it became part of the school curriculum. The fact that it's short also plays an important role. Anyone can read it and very quickly. People usually call it the novel of the jazz age, a sudden burst of energy after the Spanish flu that wiped out millions of people. Those who consider it great also point out to the beautiful writing. So I thought I'd better read a few lines describing Gatsby. Quote, if personality is an unbroken series of successful gestures, then there was something gorgeous about him, some heightened sensitivity to the promises of life, as if he were related to one of those intricate machines that register earthquakes 10,000 miles away. This responsiveness had nothing to do with that flabby impressionability which is dignified under the name of the creative temperament. It was an extraordinary gift for hope, a romantic readiness such as I have never found in any other person which is not likely I shall ever find again. No, Gatsby turned out all right at the end. It is what preyed on Gatsby, what foul dust floated in the wake of his dreams that temporarily closed out my interest in the abortive sorrows and short-winded elations of men. It seems like he's describing an intricate creature of the wild or a bird. Joa Moore, he's another one. And as I sat there brooding on the old unknown world, I thought of Gatsby's wonder when he first picked out the green light at the end of Daisy's dock. He had come a long way to this blue lawn, and his dream must have seemed too close that he could hardly fail to grasp it. He did not know that it was already behind him, somewhere back in that vast obscurity beyond the city, where the dark fields of the Republic rolled on under the night. 
Men are creatures of obsession. In the midst of an obsession, be it a woman or a novel, a science project or a race to become rich or CEO or even gaming or hunting, a man develops tunnel vision. Everything else becomes invisible to him. Imagine a cheetah once started charging, it sees nothing else but the prey. Gatsby had that sort of obsession. So I think The Great Gatsby is one of the greatest novels depicting as well as dissecting men's obsession. So if you want to get into the novel with that blind obsession in mind, you will enjoy it more. Thank you for watching. Just a quick announcement, I have just started a Patreon page. For those who don't know, it's a website where people support online creators they like. There are a few benefits of joining my Patreon. There are a few tiers you can choose from, so I really appreciate you considering to be my benefactor to support me in covering the cost of hardware, books, storage space and and other related costs of maintaining a channel and podcast. Check out my Patreon page for more details. As always, thank you so much for your support. Without your support, the channel would not have existed. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.